0: Generations Church exists to glorify God in our
1: community, to make disciples of Jesus, and to multiply churches so that the next generation is equipped to glorify God better than we did. Welcome to the Generations Church podcast. My name is Rob Samuelson. I'm an elder here at Generations, and with me as always is my good friend and the lead pastor at Generations, Mr. Jeff Luddington, and we are in the middle of a series called Questions from the Classroom. Jeff and I are both teaching high school Bible, and uh, we've received a lot of questions from students, and we've just found that those questions seem to be um, unanswered for a lot of these kids, that they go through their lives still wondering what they are and how to answer them. So we're going to answer one today uh, about how to share the gospel. And the question comes from a student who says, what's a good way to tell non-believers about God? It's really good. And I, and I, I, as we set up for this,
0: uh, one of the things I said is there are many ways. There are Man, endless amounts of ways to tell people about God, and when I hear how to tell people about God, I I assume what we're saying is not only just tell them about God, but share share God with them, or share the gospel, share the good news about Jesus. And so, again, there are many ways. Um, creation is a way that we talked about in the last episode. Just God is revealed in creation, and there are um, some systematic ways. Uh, Four Spiritual Laws or the Romans Roadmap, things like that. Um, But if there is going to be, for me, if there's one way that everybody can learn and it can fit everyone uh, about sharing the gospel, it would be sharing your story with other people.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. There's a lot of really great ways to do this. The first thing that popped in my mind, though, when I read this question is, what are the ways you don't want to do it? Like, what are there's the There's a lot of good ways. What a are the lot bad, bad ways? ways. So right. What pops into your head when I say, you know what? Stay away from this method of sharing the gospel.
0: So, if you know me or if you attend Generations Church, you've heard this before. Uh, there is a group of people in our area, L.A. Orange County area, that run around with these black and yellow signs. Uh, they are the product of Ray Comfort style evangelism, uh, which in its extreme is like the Westboro Baptist Church, things like that, they lead with you're going to hell. And literally Ray Comfort trains people to uh, share the gospel by saying, did you know if you died tonight, you'd go to hell? And when people say, well, I, I don't think that's true. I'm a good person. Then he says, well, have you ever told a lie? And you say, well, of course, yeah, I've told a lie. And well, then you're a liar. Have you ever stole something? Well, yeah, when I was six years old, I stole a pack of gum. My mom made me return it. Well, then you're a thief. And you know, the Bible says if you've ever had hate in your heart, you've committed murder. And so you're a liar, a thief and a murderer and and really a repelling way to share the gospel. So please, please don't do
1: that. So you're saying don't scare people into... Let's not. Let's right. not. Um, I know when I was in junior high, high school, uh, there were a group of guys who did what I think we called it uh, evangelism dating. Mm-hmm. They would date girls who were not Christians, and then they would invite them to all of their youth group events and take them to church. The whole idea of, I'm going to date you with, with the end game that I'm going to change you. Like, I don't like you who, how you are. I want to change you completely. <laughs> But we'll go out for a while until that happens.
0: Totally, we should do. There's a there's a quote that comes to mind. Greg Laurie, if you don't know who that is, a pastor and evangelist, quite the popular guy, Harvest Crusades. Uh, He used this example of he said, you know, when you're when one is you know like that, like that missionary kind of dating. He said that the mud never gets glovey. What he means is that when you dip a glove into mud, the the glove gets muddy. But typically, what doesn't happen is the mud get glovey, right? There's only one way that there's a transfer that takes place here. Uh, I'll give you another one. There's a famous YouTube video uh, by uh, Penn Gillette. and uh, he is an outspoken atheist. But his this one video went viral, and he said, listen, if you're a Christian, you truly believe that there's a hell, an afterlife that's terrible, a hell, a penalty, like right, the judgment of God. and You believe that your faith prevents that. He says, how much do you have to hate somebody not to tell them? And so a bad way to share the gospel is to Never tell someone the gospel
1: at all. And I've heard um, there's a, a quote usually attributed to St. Francis of Assisi that says, preach the gospel at all times and if necessary, use words. Mm-hmm. But I've heard people use that and say, well, I'm not going to tell someone about Jesus. I'm just going to be a good example and I'm going to love them into heaven. Um, but eventually it's necessary to use words, right? You don't want to just, just be a good example.
0: Yeah. Now, so what I would say is you want to be a good example when you go and use words. Your life should, well, it should not contradict it. It should back it up, right? In Romans 10, it says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how then will they call on him whom they've not believed? And how are they to believe in him whom they've never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, now listen to this blessing. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach good news. And so the things that we're saying, uh, you know, don't lead with, did you know if you died, you go to hell, right? What we are preaching is good news. What we're proclaiming is a message that is good, right? Romans 2 says, the kindness of God leads a man towards repentance. And so, what a blessing it is to share the gospel. There are many good ways, just as there are many bad ways, but there are many good ways, uh, some that fit some personalities and some that fit others, but For sure, you can always share your own story. You have a story. If you're a Christian and you're listening, you have a story about how you came to know Jesus
1: personally. So people who know you, people who listen to our podcast, people who've read your book, know your story. But why don't you go ahead and share your testimony, and then I'll share mine, and we'll just see how... We can use those to to preach the gospel. Well, I'm a lot more likable if you don't
0: know me, (laughs) right? It's kind of like I have a face for podcasting. I'm a lot more likable if you don't know me. No. So truly my story, yeah, it's it's shared a lot. I write about it. Uh, It's mentioned a little bit in my book. I share it often. Um, uh, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. Uh, I I grew up in a broken home, which contributed to a lot of the next things I'll say. Uh, but that led to a lot of emptiness in my life, and which led to drugs, and uh, drugs led to crime. Crime led to gangs. Gangs led to jails and prison, and, and so did addiction. I had a long battle with drugs, and uh, in and out of jails, in and out of prisons. And in 1997, in a jail cell, I'd been out of prison, uh, state prison, for about 90 days, uh, to under 100 days, And I was back in a jail cell headed back to prison. And so I was waiting to go to court on some things and and it was a really bad circumstance. And I had an encounter with Jesus that was profound. Um, I remember as my one side of my family did uh, come to faith uh, when I was younger. uh, And so I was exposed to church and and exposed to the gospel. And I would have told you, in fact, both sides of my family, my mom and my dad, uh, you know, would both celebrate Easter and talk about Jesus. so I knew that Jesus lived, died, rose again. I would heard the gospel, um, but I'd never responded to I would have said I believed those things, but I wasn't a Christian. I didn't follow Jesus. And so in that jail cell, I came to the conclusion that I was broken and in need of repair, and that the gospel message was that Jesus wanted to fix that. And so I prayed to God, and I, and I just kind of said, Hey, God, if you will fix me, uh, I will follow you. You know, And, and that didn't mean... Even get out of jail or anything else, but um, I just really came to the conclusion that I was broken and in need of help, and so I prayed, and my life began to change. I had this encounter with Jesus; it was real. It was not just this prayer to get me out of trouble. It was really, I'm I'm all jacked up and can't fix it, and uh, God began to change me. I, I still had to go back to prison. I, I I did my next prison term, but I was changed. And when I got out, I never went back. I've been out for twenty something years now, and. Married my high school sweetheart, and, and you know one thing led to another, and here I am in ministry, mostly because I get to share Jesus with people and hopefully prevent w- all the dumb things and painful things that I went through, hopefully prevent that. Now, your story is very different than mine. Why don't you share how you came to know Jesus?
1: Yeah, my story is almost a 180-degree a turn from yours, but my story does resonate with a lot of students at a Christian school, and many of them will say... I don't really have a good testimony, so I can't really share that with others. But what I found is sometimes this kind of testimony really works with with people who are in the same kind of upbringing that I had. I grew up in a Christian home. I was in the church nursery probably two weeks after I was born, and was in church every week and in youth groups growing up. Uh, and then when I was in sixth grade, I believe I went to. I was allowed to go to a middle school. Uh, and high school retreat, we had a very small middle school and high school group, and even though I wasn't quite in middle school, I was allowed to go, and I thought I had everything together and I thought, I'm following the rules, I was a big rule follower, and and uh, at this retreat, just one night, we were uh, we were talking about the gospel and all of a sudden I just, I was floored by the fact that I was trying to save myself. Mm-hmm. I was trying to live so well that I would be accepted by God and realized how much pressure I'd put on myself and how, how much that I had, I had saw rule following as the way to get to heaven, as opposed to being a response to what God had done for me. And it was at this one talk that the youth pastor gave, I just realized I've got to give my life to Christ. It's his work, not mine, that saves me. And I should be trying to be obedient to show my gratefulness, not to try to earn something from God. And so from that point on, I just felt this weight lifted um, and my transformation wasn't from going from somebody who did what was wrong to somebody who was doing what was right but somebody who did what was right for the wrong reasons to somebody who mm-hmm. realized why I, I should do something that's right yeah I even knowing
0: you and your story man I just I smile hearing that it's just it's a powerful story and uh, we have these two very different backgrounds and and uh Shout out to Ann Samuelson, who is probably going to listen to this, you know, your mom who's going to listen to this. Hey, and, mom. And God bless her. Hi, mom. Yeah. So anyhow, <laughs> excuse me, uh, but we have these different backgrounds, these very, very different stories, but we have the same savior and it's the same gospel, right? And your story resonates with some and my res- mine resonates with another, right? And um, honestly, everybody we share it with, hope, we hope they never go through my story and that they, you know, kind of more align with yours, but we both had to come to faith, And that is a very biblical way of sharing the gospel. We see this time and time again. Several people in the gospel share their stories. And so uh, with the time we've got left, let's look at one of those and talk about some key ideas in how to share your story.
1: Right. So we know early in the book of Acts, a guy by the name of Saul, a Pharisee, uh, who was persecuting the believers in Jesus, who would later become known as Christians, um, he's converted. He has an encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus. In Acts 22 and in other places in the book of Acts, he shares that story. And so he shares his testimony. So we're just going to read this in sections and just talk about it a little bit. So in Acts 22, verses 3 to 5, this is, is Paul speaking, who was Saul. I am a Jew, born in Tarsus in Cilicia, but brought up in this city, educated at the feet of Gamaliel, according to the strict manner of the law of our fathers, being zealous for God as all of you are. This day, I persecuted this way, capital W, to the death, binding and delivering to prison both men and women, as the high priest and the whole council of elders can bear me witness. From them I received letters to the brothers, and I journeyed toward Damascus to take those, uh, those also who were there, and bring them in bond to Jerusalem to be punished.
0: Yeah. So, uh, I, I was reading this, and, and like verse three. Saul or Paul, he's Paul, you know, uh, in, when he's here, but he's, he was, his name was Saul earlier. Uh, verse three is a lot like you were, right? He was raised in a faith and, and, and a pretty good guy who follows the rules. And then in verse four, he's more like me. Uh, he is a persecutor of other people. He's a bad guy, right? He was persecuting Christians. And so he's kind of got this good guy raised in a family of, of good folks, right? But he goes way, way off off track. And so what happens here is Paul shares his background. Here's who I was before Jesus. And and he even gets into um, his sin, like his issue, mine, drug addiction, crime, things that came with that, yours, self-righteousness, if you would, or, you know, self-justification. His uh, that he talks about is persecuting Christians. And so he talks about that. So What Saul does is tells who he was before Jesus and even some of his sin struggles. And that's one of those things. Of course, I struggle with more than one sin, and so did you. But if I'm talking to somebody and I have a common shared sin or struggle background, we can share that with somebody. We can make it relevant to them. As long as it's true, as long as it's our story, we can share the parts of it that are most relevant. That's what he does. He shares who he was and some of his sin struggles that kept him apart from God.
1: Yeah, and I like the way that he, um, he tells the people, hey, it's, I'm not saying this is you. This is me too, right? right. He said, right. Um, being zealous for God as all of you are this day. Right. So I was there. I know what I'm talking about. Uh, verses 6 to 8. As I was on my way and drew near to Damascus, about noon a great light from heaven suddenly shone around me. And I fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And I answered, who are you, Lord? And he said to me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting. Right here,
0: he talks about how Jesus, how he had an encounter with Jesus, right? Mine was in a jail cell in San Bernardino County, waiting to go back to, well, waiting to go to court, so and knowing I was going back to prison. Yours was, I think you said sixth grade, and youth pastor, and this retreat, and in those settings... Jesus made an impact. Yours was through a youth pastor. Mine was, uh, mine was really unique. It's a longer story. But um, how we really encountered Jesus. And that's what that's what Paul is doing right here. He tells how he met Jesus. and, And if we're sharing the gospel or God, our faith with others, It can't just be about us. It must, the hero of the story must be Jesus in any gospel sharing, right? Whether it's using our story or scripture
1: or anything else. Uh, So Paul gets to Jesus. And moving ahead to verses 12 through 16, as Paul continues, and one Ananias, a devout man, according to the law, well spoken of by all the Jews who lived there, came to me and standing by me, said to me, brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that very hour, I received my sight and saw him. And he said, The God of our fathers appointed you uh, to know his will, to see the righteous one, and to hear a voice from his mouth. For you will be a witness for him to every one of to everyone of what you have seen and heard. And now why do you wait? Rise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on his name. Yeah. If you know the story, if you're familiar with this
0: story, or or even when it actually takes place in real time in Acts 9, uh Paul has this encounter with Jesus that leaves him blind, literally blind, and uh, this is how uh, this is how that goes away. He goes and he meets a, a a devout disciple that he talks about named Ananias, whom Jesus has prepared. And this man tells him about Jesus, and he he disciples him and prays for him and baptizes him, and and Paul receives the Holy Spirit and and becomes a Christian, really. And so, it begins to tell the story of who. You know, what Jesus has done, how he responded to that, and how he is different. Now, the, the how he is different isn't really spelled out here. But understand, Paul's been arrested for his Christian faith, right? And so he is being asked about his Christian faith. So who he was before Christ, how Jesus encountered him. And then the what is new is obvious because he's a well-known Christian leader. And so he tells about how he gets there he talks about his baptism and his transformation. And so another key part of sharing your story, sharing the gospel with people, is really that here's what you're called to. You know, that invitation to know Jesus has to be there as well. And so he talks about his baptism, his transformation. And uh, there's an old sales thing that says, you know, in every presentation, if you will, of a sale, there comes a point where you kind of have to ask, is this going to be, you know, old school, cash check or charge, right? You know, how are you going to pay for this? And in this gospel moment, uh, Paul gets to a place where listen, I had to make a decision, right? I had to figure out am I in or out. And that moment for Paul was baptism. And not every gospel proclamation has to call or ask somebody to convert on the spot. Sometimes you're sharing your story. And it's, it's right to ask them, hey, would you like to receive Jesus? In fact, I'd say, probably more often than we give it credit, we should ask them, but you know, not every time is gonna result in that. You know, not every gospel proclamation is gonna result in a changed life, a baptism on the spot. Um, but are we clear about what has changed and, and what got us and maybe calling them to, how Jesus is calling
1: them to change? All right, so let's uh, wrap up with a few questions, just some things that uh, we talked about. You share your gospel, you share your testimony to share the gospel. So when you're sharing the gospel, what are some key facets or facts that you definitely want to share when sharing the gospel message?
0: Yeah, so we did
1: before Jesus, how we encounter Jesus, and after Jesus,
0: right? Um, but there's life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, what Jesus has done to cover our sin, right? You came to the conclusion it was his righteousness, not your own. I came to the conclusion, I needed change, I couldn't provide that only God could provide that through Christ. Um, so, you know, Jesus came to us, Jesus lived a sinless life, he died a death that we deserve, and he did not to cover our sin, he was resurrected from the grave to give us a new life, he uh, fills us with his Holy Spirit to transform us, he's alive today, he has our hope eternally, all those things, Right? And some of them are more important at some times in some stories than at other times with other stories. It's what is relevant to the conversation in that moment.
1: All right. And then the last thing, just as people were listening to this, they may have come to the conclusion that if I share my testimony well, and if I give a really strong presentation of the gospel, everybody I tell is going to be converted.
0: So that's true, right?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure, 100%.
0: So here's the deal. I can't change a single life, and neither can you, neither can the hearer. Um, you know, not every gospel proclamation results in a life transformation, right? We should share the gospel well. We should, we should share our story well. We should practice it. We should know it, right? But only God can change a life, right? There's even some funny, you know, times where people share the gospel and it's not the best proclamation, but God uses it, right? And it, so it's not about your goodness or your your skill set. Uh, or even your theological depth, God can fix all that, and God can use anything doesn I 't mean we shouldn 't be good at it, but uh, God can use anything. it is about God transforming a life it 's Jesus that met me it 's Jesus that met you, it 's Jesus that met Paul, and it 's Jesus that changes lives, so yeah it 's not my skill set, otherwise i 'd have to be their savior, and that 's never going to happen
1: yep, and I think that uh, you know we know that we can 't boast in our own salvation right. because it was God that did it, it was Jesus that earned it. Uh, We also can't boast in, hey, look how many people I saved and keep track of, you know, who's got the best win percentage or whatever. You can if you would like to
0: go through the crucifixion. Otherwise, (laughs) nope, don't get to count them.
1: Exactly. So uh, our encouragement to you is share your story. When you're talking to people, don't assume they know your story. Don't assume uh, that, that they're a Christian or they know you're a Christian. Um, and listen to their stories. Everybody's got a story, and sometimes when you listen to their stories, it helps you to know what to say, and the Holy Spirit uh, will speak through you. So include prayer in your preparation for getting ready to share the gospel. I want to thank you for listening. We uh, release another episode every Tuesday, so we hope you'll continue to, to join us. We hope you'll share it, talk about it with your friends. Uh, maybe use this as an encouragement to you or to your friends to go out and share the gospel with a family member or friend who hasn't heard it yet. If you would like to ask questions that you want us to answer on the show, questions at generations.email is where you want to send those. Have a blessed week and share the gospel.
0: For more information, visit our website at ginfamily.church g-e-n family.church.
1: You can also follow our social media accounts at Church.